Hi, and welcome to the Parenting in the Middle podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Goodman. I'm a certified life coach and a mom to four teenagers. Do you ever wonder if you're doing this whole mom thing right? Are you pushing too hard or not enough? What does it look like to love your teens, yet keep firm boundaries? Would you love to get your kids to listen without yelling and feeling frustrated first? Here in this podcast, you will find coaching and communication strategies to help you tackle all of your hardest parenting struggles. These strategies will help you parent with more confidence, peace, and influence. I'm so glad you're here. Let's go. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I want to start this episode by introducing you to my guest, Cassidy Lundgren. I'm so grateful for her for coming on and sharing her journey. If you want to hear more in detail about her mental health journey and everything that she's struggled with, she goes into more detail on a podcast episode with Richard Osler at Listen, Learn, and Love. And I'm going to link that episode in my show notes. So take a listen to it. That is where I first learned about her mental health struggles and journey, and I had already actually known her. She helped me decorate my home, and I just absolutely fell in love with her and her friend at Just Tweak It when they came over and helped me with the things that I needed. And we talk a little bit about how you just never know what other people are struggling with and what other people are going through. When she first came to my house and I first met her, I mean, she is so much fun, so cute, so talented, so has such a great eye. I would have had no idea that she had these struggles. And so her courage to share her story, I really admire, and I'm so grateful for her in doing so. So take a listen. In this episode, we talk about scrupulosity, her struggles with her faith, and in her testimony, if you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, as I am, we talk a lot about about faith and how having faith is not knowing and how that can be hard when you have that tendency to see things in black and white and want to just have that certainty and just know. And when you think you don't know, and when you do have questions, it can be really hard to navigate that. And I think this is really applicable to parenting today because we need to allow our kids to have that faith and make that choice and have that desire to believe. And that might mean stepping back a little bit and allowing them to have that agency, which is super hard as a parent too. So Cassidy Cassidy and I talk about that as well. So take a listen. I know you're going to love this episode, love Cassidy, and find all of the links in my show notes about where to get information on how to connect with her. Enjoy the episode. Cassidy, I'm so excited to have you on my podcast today. I We've known each other. We're friends. I had you over to my house to help me decorate my house. You have, and we can talk about that later, but I'm just really excited to share your story with my listeners. I heard you on Richard Osler's podcast talking about mental health, and I didn't realize you were on it. And when I saw your name pop up, I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to listen. And I just felt so connected with you because I would have had no idea that you had those experiences in your life when we met I mean you're just the cutest funnest person oh you're so nice you're so talented and helped me find you know decorations for my house and make my house look cute and I just would have had no idea that you had the struggles that you did and I think that's how it goes we don't know what yeah. people are struggling with yeah and so I love that you're sharing your story I think it's so important and I'm excited to have you on 
Well, thank you so much. I'm excited as well. Good. Well, tell, tell us about yourself and your family and give us a little background. So, um, I live in Phoenix, Arizona, and I have, I'm married, have four kids. My oldest is 20. She goes to BYU-Idaho. Um, and then I have an 18-year-old son who is um, working at AMC Theaters. And then I have a well, she's 16 in two days, um, daughter, who goes to a private school for um, d people with dyslexia. So we can talk about that later okay. too. Yeah. And then um, I have a 12-year-old who, she'll be 13 in January. Um, and she's in seventh grade, just at the normal public school. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. We have similar, I have four kids as well, maybe like a year or two off of you. Yeah. But so many of my listeners that's where we're at. We're in this like middle yes. parenting where our kids are older and it's important to know who we are and how we're feeling and thinking and that, yeah. you know, everything isn't all about our kids. Like it was when they were little. Yes. But, um, all of that to say, I want to talk about your story and then also discuss how to know as parents, when we need to help our kids. I've talked to a lot of people who've struggled. I've struggled and I've gotten help, but it's like, okay, with my kids, it's kind of hard to know when to step in, when to let them, you know, be on their own and figure things out. So I would love our conversation to go that direction of where to help our kids and when to not help our kids. But first let's talk about you and your story and where you kind of started noticing that you were having some difficulties. It started in high school. Um, I started, so I had, my family was kind of semi-active in our church and um, I had an, ex and so I wasn't really invested. And then I had an experience my freshman year of high school where I started, I made a decision to get really active in our church and um, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I don't know if most of your yeah. listeners are yeah. members or not. Um, and once I started to become active, I started to get very, I had very strong perfectionist tendencies and, um, it wouldn't be until later on that I would realize that I actually had what's called scrupulosity. It's a form of OCD, which an OCD is a form of anxiety. So, so it's all this form of like fear. Um, and I was always trying to be perfect. I felt like God was mad at me all the time. And I would obsess over spiritual things and obsess over trying to be perfect enough so God would love me. So on the outside, it looked like I was a really awesome girl. Awesome, you know, did everything right, did all the checklists. Um, yeah spiritually as well as like I got a lot of accolades for doing a lot of stuff in school extracurricular activities grades all of that um but it took a really heavy toll on me personally and to, and then I also had depressed I was diagnosed with depression not until my freshman year um of college but I struggled with it starting in high school and so all of that I had a lot of fun in high school but I also had so many days of just coming home and sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. Um, and so all of this led up to after I got married when I was 22, 
I had basically a breakdown and, um, I lost 25 pounds in a couple months. I felt like someone was almost screaming in my head all the time. It's like so hard to describe. That sounds really dramatic. And, but it was, it felt like a, almost a shift with reality. Like almost like it wasn't a psychotic break. I've talked to, you know, therapists about it. Um, I, you know, I knew who I was, I was still in school and could, you know, perform in school and all of those sorts of things. So it wasn't, you know, psychotic breaks, you don't even know who you are and what's going on in life. Yeah. But it was probably the next closest thing um, where it just felt like, like I said, like someone was screaming in my head all the time. I felt terror all the time. I never ate. I never slept. Um, my stomach was always in knots and I did. It felt like there was this like, like the earth shifted. I don't even know how to describe it. It yeah. just was something was really wrong. Did anyone um, know when you were no, going through this of so everything going on with you? I tried to explain, my husband and I were just brand new married, you know? And so he didn't know what the heck to do with me. I was, I would try to explain to my husband what was going on, but he, I think just thought, wow, marriage is really hard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. he didn't know how abnormal this was, you know? And then I tried to explain to my parents, but again, they kind of, I don't, I don't think I didn't ever explain. It feels like someone's screaming in my head because I didn't, I didn't know how to put words to it. I don't know how quite to Uh. explain it. It just was so surreal. And, um, I didn't know how to put it into words, what I was going through. Um, so, so they were probably the only three, you know, my two parents and my, my husband, the only three people that really kind of knew I, how badly I was struggling. Um, but again, they still didn't know the depth. Like yeah. it just, it was, it was very, it's just, it just was hard to explain. Right. And so looking back at that experience, do you think there's anything someone could have said or done that would have helped you? Well, what actually did help me was I had a friend who knew that I'd struggled with depression, who I knew from growing up that I saw on campus at BYU. And I didn't explain the depth, but I did kind of say, I'm really struggling and I'm kind of having a hard time, but I thought it was all spiritual. I was struggling with the idea of polygamy and with the idea of, um, of kind of the second coming happening. And so all of these, again, when you have scrupulosity, you obsess over religious ideas. Yeah. And so I was obsessing over these ideas and I didn't want to explain that to people because it sounded kind of weird. I, I knew enough to know that it sounded weird. Yeah. Um, Especially and so, so long ago when there wasn't a lot of information about any no. of it, health, faith stuff. There was just not a whole lot of places you could even go to get information. No. And people didn't understand. Like, I think now in high school, we knew I was sad a lot, but my dad and my dad had been diagnosed with depression and was on medication. But I, my mom and I, I would come to my mom and say, I'm so sad. I'm crying all the time. And so we thought, well, is it depression? But my dad's looked a lot more like anger and withdrawing and things like that. And I didn't, I didn't get angry. I didn't withdraw. 
And so we were like, well, that must be depression. So I obviously don't have depression, which now we know so much about depression. That seems so obvious that I had depression from coming home and crying every single day about nothing. It wasn't like anything was going on in my life that would, you know, make me sad. Um, Now it seems so obvious, but back then, I mean, this was 20 years ago, you know, like we didn't have the resources and the understanding and it wasn't talked about like it was, it is now. And it, it wasn't acknowledged and everything. So Well, and that's why I'm so glad you're sharing your story. And I definitely want to, I'll put a link to your podcast interview with Richard Osler because go into a lot of detail about these experiences you had that will be really helpful because it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot what you went through and what do you think helped you the most when you reached the point of like, you decided to get help and you found help, you kind of, where did that story kind of take a turn? Well, so that's what I guess I didn't finish saying that my friend on campus knew I'd struggled with depression. And she said, do you think what you're going through has something to do with depression and with your depression? And I thought, well, no, it's spiritual. You know, I'm not having enough faith. I'm not being strong enough. I'm not relying on God enough. I'm not this. If you were better, then you would feel better. I can exactly not on that level, but yeah, like there's something you could do that would make you feel better. Yeah. Figure out what it was. Yes. And, and if you look back through my journals through high school and college, it's all, I'm so sad. I'm struggling. But if I would just have more faith, but if I would just read my scriptures more, but if I would just mm-hmm. listen to the spirit more, you know, it's always religious based um, or spirituality based. And so I just thought this was like, a really, really hard trial. Well, it was a really, really hard yes. trial, I was going through, but I thought it was a spiritual trial. Right. And you could, you could do it alone. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So when my friend said, do you think it has something to do with depression? I was like, well, with your depression, I was like, no, but then I was so desperate for help that I got when I, I kind of thought about her words and I was like, you know what, even if it has nothing to do with depression, maybe it's worth looking into and, and maybe it does have, maybe I'm wrong. I just, I was so desperate. I was like, I'll, I'll grasp at any straw that's handed to me. So I went to a doctor on campus and explained what I was going through. And he's like, um, yeah, I think you <laughs> need to be on medication. And once I got on medication, just an antidepressant, um, I, it was like the screaming stopped. It, it, and the earth like went back to normal and I just felt like oh my gosh I'm normal again like it really and it and it convinced me because I I had kind of been on and off different medications through the years but it convinced me okay I need to be on this the rest of my life and it made it okay for me to be on medication and not kind of beat myself up that like oh I'm weak oh if I tried harder all of this it was like no something is really wrong. And just like I had, a, if I had heart disease or cancer or something like that, you know, like it's it just something in my treatment. brain. Yeah. That yeah. needs, that needs some extra help. So that really helped. But then I struggled with my testimony a lot. And because then I was like, I don't know what, if the, so it, I'm trying to think where to start. It, it had gotten to the point where during the time before I was on medication, if I, I would read my scriptures to try to get answers, 
And I felt the most terror and horror and fear that I'd ever felt reading. And while I was reading my scriptures, I had panic attacks in the temple. Like, so it seemed like everything I was told to turn to for answers and peace brought me the exact opposite. And so it really, really, I don't want to say ruined my testimony, but it knocked it down. Like I didn't know where I stood and what was real and what was good and what was right. It was really confusing. And it seems like if you were to, especially, I don't know how many years ago you were going through this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it was at least 20. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And if you would tell someone that they might get really freaked out or like, no, you can't say that. Or don't even say yes. that. Don't even talk about that. We can only talk about good yes. and good feelings, especially yes. regards to faith and things of, about the church. Yes. And that's why I didn't really tell anyone because I, it was so confusing and it was so opposite of everything that I actually, I'm glad that I'd had such good experiences with the gospel before to know that like, I'm not going to give up completely. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of you there. Yes, a lot of people who struggle with scrupulosity once they kind of figure it out. I've known people to just say, "Well, this church is wrong," or "I'm leaving mm-hmm. it," or "I can't do it anymore" because it causes me so much pain, and and I get that. Yeah. Um, but I had enough to hold on to to say, "I'm not. I can't. I can't give this up." But it was hard. It was really hard really hard. And so where was the turning point there then where you really had to, I love that you, you know, I like the visualization of you holding on, but yet you're struggling with your testimony. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And for anyone, any parent who has a child who struggled with their testimony, or if they've struggled with their testimony themselves, it can be really hard because you've got other people around you, you can't maybe express those feelings with because they don't understand. If someone doesn't understand, it's really hard to talk to them. And so I love that we can have this conversation because for those parents, maybe who have kids who are starting to question, yeah, how can we have those open conversations? I think agency is huge. We all have our agency where we can make those choices. And for you, you made the choice that, you know, something in you kept you tethered to the gospel. Yeah. And I don't know what that, like where you we're able to figure it out of deciding because then you, you also have an account on Instagram that talks about your faith. I don't know if yes. it's, if you still post on it or anything, but not very much, but, um, but it's still there. So okay. people can look at it. You have a lot of I... really nice posts on it. Yeah. I love to when you oh. start to care about it. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I got to the point where I, said okay I can't once like I got a medicine and the world kind of shifted back into order I got to where I said okay I'm I can't let go of this church but I'm not going to read my scriptures they cause so much fear and panic in me I'm not going to go to the temple it causes so much fear and panic in me um but heavenly father I can't, it was kind of like this deal with God. I can go to church and I can do my callings and I can pray those things I can do. And, um, it was kind of like, I'm going to show you that I am trying my hardest 
to get through this because I do believe you're there and I do believe this church but all of this other stuff I've been through is so scary and confusing I don't understand it so I'm going to in order to survive I'm going mentally and spiritually I'm going this is this is what I'm offering you basically and um so that's what I did for almost 10 years there there were times that I would read my scriptures there were times that I would go to the temple but I did not put any pressure on myself to do so at all and um and then it got to a point where I was like I need to know if this church is even true because I'm so confused and I wanted God I basically I realized through the years I realized I want an angel to come down and tell me this church is true because otherwise I don't know if I can I like I don't know how else to believe in it I need to know right and then I had an epiphany one day I was praying and I realized that I was I was kind of, I, well, I guess I should say I had some, some spiritual experiences that happened, some kind of small miracles in my life. And I still couldn't believe the church or not. Could, I, I still didn't know, you know, I still yeah. couldn't say a hundred percent certainty. I know. Right. And, um, and so I was praying and I kind of had this thought, I'm a little bit like Laman and Lemuel after they see this angel <laughs> and then they, you know, ask, oh, how can we do this? You know, we, we, we can't beat Laban or whatever. And they doubt, you know, immediately right away. And I, something hit me where I realized everything we do in this earth, on this earth is based in faith. Like we don't, know that when we drive down the road we're not going to be hit by a meteor we don't know that i don't know 100 percent that the sun revolves or the earth revolves around the sun that there's these planets and orbs out in space you know like never seen them i've never seen them i've never been there i'm just believing in what other people are saying and pictures and you know things like that but i've never seen it i'm i don't know you know, math is even based on faith. You're, you're believing in a certain construct someone's made up. Um, society is based on faith that like, we're going to obey certain laws. I mean, everything is based on belief. And so it hit me and I was like, okay, most things we don't know in this life. And so if it is belief, then I'm going to believe in this church because that's what I want to do. I want to believe in it. And I'm going to choose if, if faith is a choice, then I choose this church. And so, yeah, so I kind of made the decision and it was really scary. Um, it was really scary too, because I felt like Indiana Jones, when he is, you know, that, in is what's the movie where he has to drink the goblet is that last crusade oh i think so i don't know i know i I don't know i know (laughs) but there's a scene where he there's a cliff and there's he has it he has like these instructions or something and it tells him that he has to 
step out into the void mm. and cross what looks like just a chasm um, to go to the other side of this cliff. And um, when he, you know, it, it looks like, well, he's just gonna fall to his death, you know? But he takes one step forward and then you see that there's this part of the mountain that blended into the other side of the mountain that actually is a path forward, but you couldn't see it. It looked like he was just going to fall into his death. And so that's, I just, that image kept coming yeah. up in my mind when I was making this decision was like, I feel like I'm going to fall to my death because this is so scary for me to just believe and not know. Right. But the more I believed it was like a muscle. I was like exercising this faith and this belief and like, okay, I don't know, but I believe, I believe, I believe. And so that was about 10 years after I kind of went a little crazy and um, maybe eight, eight to 10 years, somewhere in there. And ever since then, I've just said, I believe. I believe, and that's enough. And not only that's enough, that's what we do here. Yeah, that's what we right. do on this earth. It's not just, oh, I don't need more. It's like, no, that's that's the answer. Right. That's right. what we that's do. where you're supposed to be when you're yes. having that faith and choosing to believe. Yes. I had that realization as well when, and in similar ways I I always had that thought of if I do more I'll feel better when I was struggling yeah. yeah and I had that experience where I was like I just want to know and I have to do everything just right yes. otherwise it's all gonna fall apart and then yeah. it's my fault if something happens yes and so kind of in similar in similar ways um when I did make that choice to decide like okay faith is actually not knowing like what? Right. That kind of like blew my mind. Yes. And when you think you know, actually, that's not faith. If you're like, I know, and this yes. is facts, well, then you don't have to have faith. Like as we're talking, I'm looking at you physically. We're talking together. I know right. you're right there. Right. I don't have to have faith that you're there because right. you're right in front of me. <laughs> and so I had that realization too. And it was, it was like kind of this light bulb moment of wow faith is actually not knowing I think we have a song about it too yes yes you know? and so then it's like yes okay how do I build up my faith what would that look right. like and what would that right. like? what feels good to me and then it's a choice so is there anything else you want to say about that before we transition for a few minutes and talk about how we can parent our kids in this way because right that's really what changed the way I parent my kids because instead of it being very black and white very you have to do yes. this or that it's like no actually they I want them to choose well and that really changed me too where it was like ultimately we can choose all these things for them and force them to you know do all the check boxes and everything throughout their lives but at some point that can all fall away. Mm -hmm. They have to choose and we'd lose control at some point. Yeah. And it's earlier for other, some than others, but at some point it's not about us. It's about them and they have to figure it out. And so I have struggled in varying degrees with my kids and their testimonies and um, they've had a lot of mental health issues, but I 
have realized that I can't choose for them. They have to. And so I'm going to parent with that in mind and not if they don't want to do personal progress, you know, for instance, I know it's different now, but when my daughter was younger, um, I'm going to encourage that and I will give opportunities for that, but I'm not going to fight them because ultimately the, the relationship I have with my kids and the love that I show and support for them is more important to me than the personal progress or, you know, even like my son isn't active right now and he's not going to go on a mission. My older daughter's worried about her mental health. So she's not going to go on a mission. I don't know if I'll have any missionaries, but, um, I'm going to love them and support them and be their friend and Mm -hmm. not say, Oh, you have to go on a mission. You have to do personal progress. You have to get good grades. You have to this, you have to that. If they don't want to, I know some people think, oh, well, they're a little bit young to make those choices, but forcing them is ultimately going to backfire at some point in their life. Yeah. And so if they choose it, awesome. You can support and provide opportunities and love, but I'm going to love them when they choose not to do those things too. I love that. And I feel like that's how our heavenly parents are as well. And just in your story, you had to not do some of those things that we thought we yes. had to do every single day for your own mental health. Yes. And you knew and felt that you were loved anyways. I've actually now grown so much more in my understanding of God's love for me. And I am so at peace with who I am and how I live my life. And I don't live it like I used to, where I'm doing every little thing and all the, you know, quote unquote, right things. I don't read my scriptures every day. I try, but it doesn't always happen. But I don't like guilt myself and feel so horrible and all yeah. these things and like I you have, have to it. feel bad in order to get better I think yeah kind of this, this <clears throat> construct that we're breaking down a little bit you don't yes. have to feel bad for being human yes and you can still improve and get better like yes not either or right and God's love for you is and you hear that that his love is there always and it's constant but you don't always feel it you know, I don't think every, some people that's kind of a gift of the spirit for them is that they just kind of know God loves them all the time, but not everyone feels that way. Especially if you have scrupulosity tendencies, then you feel like, no, I have to kind of earn that love. Even if we know logically, we don't have to earn our parents' love, but that transactional love and Steve, Steve Young, who wrote that book, the law of love. It's really good about that national yes. love. Yes. Yeah. And so it, I have actually had experiences now where I can say, I know that those spiritual experiences happened and they are the rock of my, of my testimony now where other things confuse me and don't make sense. And I don't understand them <clears throat> in the gospel. I mean, but I can't deny certain experiences I've had and I know they are true, not just believe anymore. I know. And there are the, 
rock of my testimony now. I love that. And that, that seems that that would help you let your kids have the space to have their yeah. own experiences. And sometimes yeah. experiences come from going on a different path and figuring yeah. it out another way. And yes. it's hard. It's not to say that it's easy. No, it's, it's not necessary easy. for growth. Yes, it is. And I feel like I should say also, I had, um, my brother passed away and he, when he was 35 and he was an alcoholic and he, um, had been on a mission, but then he'd fallen away from the gospel was actually really mad at the church and at God when he passed away. But he, I had an experience in the temple where he came to me and that changed my world. It was like, you know, there's so much in this life that we don't understand about people, about how God will judge them. And if my brother can be in the temple with the life that he lived, then it's okay for us to struggle. It's okay for us to, to not live the perfect life. God will make it okay. Like there are certain things that we don't understand as to why it's harder for certain people to live the gospel, why it's, why it's harder and it doesn't make sense for them in their brains and they need to choose a different path. Like we don't understand everything that people have been through or that he had a lot of mental illness too. And, and I think so much that is in people, we, we think we understand, but it's really only God who does and it can, it'll be okay in the end. Yeah. I was talking to a friend and it was really helpful as we were talking through similar experiences about how God's in our story and God's in our kids' story. He's in everyone's story. Yes. It's not for us to judge how he will be, you know, influence them. Yes. And so kind of circling back to the beginning when we were talking, how you were saying it's not about you. I, I can't remember how you said it. Something about, you know, your kids' experiences are for them and yeah. it's not about you. And I think that yeah. as parents is a hard, is a hard thing to accept, but that's where you will really be able to build on that relationship and grow yeah. closer to them and be that support for them when they need you. Yes. And, and that relation or that experience with my brother really helped me to let go of my kids, um, being so worried and wanting to control yeah. and It just made me say, you know, I can just love them. Yeah. And I, I judged my brother more when he was on this earth and I wish I had just loved him because he's okay. He's happy and he's, he's doing what God wants him to do now. He didn't on this earth, but he is now. And I didn't need to try to be God for him. I could have just loved him. Mm -hmm. And that's what I try to do for my kids now. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much, Cassidy, for sharing. And you know, I would say it actually is easier in some ways because it's, it, it's, I feel like trying to live so perfectly and have everyone that you love live so perfectly is based in fear. Uh And, and that is hard to live that way. And once you get to where you can just say, you know, God is in charge and it's, only my role to love it like takes this burden off of you and this fear goes away and you just live in more of in a peaceful space 
I love that you said that. And that's the perfect spot to end this episode, I think, because that is so true. So someone who is kind of in this middle where it is the struggle and it's yeah. uncomfortable to know that on the other side of that, it is easier. Yes. yes. More in your life. You feel more love towards the people around you. Yeah. You're absolutely, absolutely. right. It is yeah. easier, but you yeah. do have to go through that. But you have to go through right? something and learning. to get there. Yeah. yeah. It feels well, really you. scary at first. Yeah. For sure. Thank you so much, Cassidy. It was so good having you on. So tell absolutely. us for anyone who's listening, who resonates, who wants to connect with you, what, where can they go? Um, probably the easiest is on Instagram. I'm at Cassidy Ann, no E with nine. So Cassidy Ann nine and, um, the left, the number nine and, or I'm on Facebook, Cassidy Dixon Lundgren. And I'll put a link too in the show. Yeah. Perfect. Make it easier. perfect. Yeah. So anyone can message me about anything. Awesome. And then for your business, talk about your business too, because I, oh love- yeah. Well, that's (laughs) That's how I found you actually. Yes, exactly. So we have a little business called my friend and I do um, an interior design business called just tweak it. And we're just tweak it on um, Instagram as well. And we go into people's homes. It's mostly interior styling, but we'll help if people want um, paint colors and, you know, kitchen cabinets and all of that stuff we can help with too. But we, um, mainly specialize and in like we mainly specialize in buying furniture helping people buy furniture and um then styling their yeah, house you're so good at it and oh, maybe so- when I release this episode I'll share like a picture from your oh yeah. yeah what you did in my house because I was I'm not I don't have that talent I wish I did I get stuck in that I don't know what to to buy and then I'll buy the wrong thing and then I won't like it and then you and, hate it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and so when you you and um Whitney came over and helped me, it was like, this is amazing. I just love you guys. Thank you so oh, much. Oh, you're so nice. It was fun. But um fun. So if someone's not local, they can still work with you, right? If yes. They need help. We, yep, we do um I, why can't I think of the word virtual? Okay. <laughs> we do we do virtual clients too. Um and uh, yeah, so anybody. Awesome. Because we all need beautiful spaces. Yeah. A place to feel peaceful and happy. And if, and your space around you influences that. So I get yes. it. And, and it's okay to ask for help. Just like, right. I would have been like, no, I need to know how to do this myself. I need right. like, how hard can it be? It's going to target and looking at right. all the cute stuff, <laughs> buying it and putting it together. Why do I need help with it? But it's kind of going on along with our topic. It's like, I had to make that decision of like, it's okay not to know. It's okay to help. And it's okay not to know something at everything. Yes. Yes, Yes. it is. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here. It was so good connecting with you. You're so welcome. Thank you for asking me to do this. This was great. Of course. Thank you for listening to Parenting in the Middle podcast. Here at Parenting in the Middle, I am here to help you navigate the balance between taking care of yourself, feeling confident in the things that you do, whether that be in your business, in your personal life, spiritually, mentally, and letting that influence the way that you show up with your kids so that you can show up as a confident, loving, supportive parent, the one that feels true to who you are and hones in on those natural strengths of yours 
to really have an impact on your relationship with your kids. To download my free guide to how to avoid a power struggle, you can find the link in my show notes or go to parentinginthemiddle.com and I will see you there. Talk to you next week.